Hey, Flip, we're back. It's another episode off the heels of a great episode with Alex Rodriguez last week. I urge anybody to go back and listen if they haven't. Flip, what kind of feedback did you get off of last week's episode? The feedback I got on Alex was uh, was quite interesting. Uh, I mean, in the aggregate, it was terrific. And people seem to really enjoy or the, when he took us through his arc of the year being suspended from baseball and what he went through and how he the self-examination that took place uh i found it i found it actually riveting and uh you know alex is a fascinating guy there's a lot of depth to alex i mean i know him a very long time and uh, the most people don't get a chance to see that raw emotion that is really alex that made him such a great player he he feeds off of that and i thought in our show in our podcast i thought that really came through how how deep and how strong his sense of commitment, his sense of apology, his sense of self-examination, I thought was, uh, you put it together and I, I made actually a fascinating listen, I thought. Yeah, you're right. He was open. He was real. He was raw, as you said, which is a great Very way raw. to describe yeah. it. But he also had that self-deprecating humor side of him, too. Oh, yeah. That made me just laugh out loud. He could be quite funny. Yeah, uh, he yeah. really can. He was a great guest. Good news that we have some great guests coming up the next couple of weeks, don't we? Yes, uh, we've Aaron Boone. Uh, Al Leiter, so we've oh, got those two will be great. We've got a lot going on, and uh, there's a few more I'd like to confirm, but we'll wait a week to do that. So stay tuned for that. Al Boone, Al Boone, Al Leiter, and Aaron <laughs> Boone, they'll be coming up. Uh, how about we talk some baseball? Sure. So last time we did this, I was touting how great the Red Sox would be and how they were going to make the postseason. Uh, not so much. Uh, no, not so much. I, I, I think at the end of the, uh, the Yankees uh, uh, ended that dream for the Red Sox, and. I thought it was fitting because of all the misery that the Red Sox have inflicted on the Yankees last few years. I, I thought it was fitting that the Yankees sort of put them in, in, in a place of misery. But but you know it's interesting because the general manager got fired, Dave Dombrowski, who is one of the you know the better GMs in the game, and uh, you know uh, that's his was his second world title last year. Uh, he won one with the Marlins when he was the GM there, and uh, you know he did a good job for the Red Sox, and he really did. I mean he got the two American League East titles, he got into the World Series last year, brought him a winner there. So, I mean, he, he knows how to put a baseball team together, He's, but I don't know what was his undoing there. I suspect it was uh, the analytics and not embracing the analytics because right now the game is being run by analytics. And I, and I think that, uh, you know, every GM and every manager, I mean, it's almost sacrosanct uh, analytics. And if you sort of, you know, go off that path, uh, I think it leads to sort of, uh, I, I guess it, it would have all that information at your disposal. I think it's it, you have to be able to cherry pick and take what you feel is applicable to your team. And I just don't know in this day and age, people have been in the game a long time. I think it's hard for them to adapt to this new world order, if you will, of baseball. How surprised were you by the timing of it? Because it didn't necessarily need to happen when it happened, I don't think. I was shocked by it because if you're going to make a move like that, you usually do it right at the end of the season, like maybe the last weekend of the season. Uh, and, and you get your ducks in a row and you're almost because the way the game is structured, I mean, you need a GM 365 days a year. And the minute this baseball season ends, the World Series is over, that's the end of the season. And you're kind of into the winter meetings and, and all the other things that take place in the off season. So um, there's free agent signings, there's trades, there's all kinds of things that GM has to do. So the timing of it was surprising to me, although the people that they named were all sort of the assistant GMs. So between the four, I think there was four that they named, I think they'll be able to sort of hold the line until they uh, figure out who's going to get the job permanently. That's kind of hairy sometimes, putting four people in charge of one team, right? Didn't the Orioles have two GMs at one point? 
Yeah, and it didn't work. I right. mean, it's I mean it's really hard to do. But I think on this thing, I think they all understand that. Uh, I I really don't know if there's is it an heir apparent there. I don't, if they go outside to look, then the forge is sort of you know holding the fort, if you will, until they can do that. Well, Dombrowski paid the price for the Red Sox seemingly never getting out of first gear this season, right? I, I think the signings, you know, the, like listen, he sale and Price helped bring them a champion. Evaldi last year helped get them a championship. I would have signed Evaldi if I was a GM in the offseason. He did that. Evaldi did not uh, respond. He didn't have a, a good year at all. A lot of injuries there. You know, Price was a long-term deal with a lot of money. Last year, he gave them something. He didn't give them anything this year. Sell had a lot of problems right out of the gate. And then they, the biggest mistake, I think, was never trying uh, to go without a closer. I mean, the, the people that they designated were not Kimbrough. So that was a big mistake, as it turned out, not having Kimbrell. Well, yeah, the closer issue was a problem, and the starter issue was a problem too, right? The way they handled them in spring training with all these kid gloves. And like I said before, it seemed like because of that, they never got out of first gear. Is it the spring training? Is it the spring training, or was it the hangover? Is there such thing as a World Series hangover? There absolutely is. I mean, anybody who's won a championship and the next year team has struggled will tell you there is a little bit of a hangover because you know you you're taken out of. I mean, you celebrate. For, I think for the minute you win the series to the spring training, you know, you're on the banquet circuit. You know, you're giving speeches, you're making appearances. I mean, there's a lot of uh, players enjoy the fruit, the fruits of the victory. And so, you know, you make hay while you can. So they're out doing different projects and things. And there's a lot of money being waved at them. And I think that that, you know, could take you out of your routine and your rhythm. And I think that that's the hangover. So when the season's, you get to spring training, you're like, so wait a minute, the season's, I'm so busy partying, having a good time. I forgot about the, I had to prepare for, you know, spring training. Well, let's hope the Yankees are hungover next February. Let's hope. Pitchers and catchers report, right? Let's hope. Uh, Real quick, everybody, if you like what you're listening to, please Rate, review, and subscribe. That really is the best way to support us. Without your support, we don't know how well we're doing, right, Flip? No, we really don't. And uh, I, like I said, if you enjoy this, because I think we've delivered to you uh, a really first-rate uh, group of um, guests, and it's been a lot of fun. I, I must tell you, I, I, I've never done a podcast. Obviously, my first podcast and yours as well, Kevin. And I really didn't know what to expect, but I think our listeners have made this so much fun. We really appreciate your feedback and your questions. And, you know, we will endeavor as we go along to answer as many of those as we can. We'll also take you on down the journey of yes, which is fun. It is our 18th year. We're finishing up our 18th year. So, uh, and I could tell you from start to finish, you know, how you put a network together. And it's if longevity is important to you in life, I don't suspect, I don't want you to put a network together in four months, but we were, we did that. And uh, I'm really proud of the people who uh, have been with us 18 years and helped us get to where we got. In addition to rate, review, and subscribe, please follow us on Twitter. We are at Curtain Call Yes. That's at Curtain Call Yes. Back to the Yankees. They took three out of four from the Boston Red Sox, as we talked about, which is great, but it didn't come at, without a price. The Yankees lost Mike Talkman. How big of a loss is that? You know, actually, it's a big loss because the, the lefty bat. I mean, I I know people are mitigating that you, you you really don't need lefties. You know, you know you do. I mean, especially at, at, to take advantage of that porch at Yankee Stadium. Um, it, you, lefties are important in a lineup to give you balance, and that's a big left. They don't have a lot of lefty bats. The Yankees they lost one there. Plus, he gave them a lot of depth. He actually played center field, left field, where he could play any of the outfield positions. He was a find. I think when Brian Cashman and and Tim Nearing and the people who uh, you know, run the Yankees front office made that deal. You know, I think he was just being brought in to be a fourth outfielder because they had. I think Gardner was injured at the time, and they were just trying to fill out. 
you know the spot, the roster, so they get four competent outfielders, and he was that one. So I, I, I don't know what to expect, but you know, he, and he started off slowly, but once he started to give you, you could see he could he could actually play the game really well. He could hit, he could run, he could throw, you know, and and uh, his numbers were actually compiling nicely, and, it's, and he waited a long time for this chance. So I feel really badly for him that you know it looks like he won't see any you know any more baseball action. That makes Stanton's return, in as much as it could have been a luxury, was a luxury at one point. Yes, they had absolutely. outfield depth. Well, they, they played now, the whole season without him. Now it's a necessity. He played four games or five games. Nine, yeah. Now he has to come back. Now he has to come back and start swinging. Well, it would be. I mean, it'd be helpful. I mean, you know, his 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 numbers speak for themselves. Um, uh, I thought this was a pivotal year for him, and uh, it's too bad that the injury bug hit him as it did so many of the Yankees. But I mean, there's still a chance that he could, his, his, that bat could turn things around. So he's, he comes back. He still has some time, and the Yankees obviously will be in the postseason. He has a chance to make a mark. He does. A lot gets forgotten. A lot gets forgotten. He comes back and he he helps propel the Yankees to a championship or helps them get there. I mean, a lot of the you-miss-the-season kind of thing goes away. Well, that just goes right back to our last episode with Alex Rodriguez, mm-hmm. right? You win in the 09 series. A lot of things prior to that, he didn't have great postseasons, were all forgiven. Yeah, I mean, he, he had some postseasons that were very underrated, but I must in the aggregate, considering how great a career he had in numerically, yes, his, his postseasons were sort of pale by comparison. But his uh, 09, he doesn't have that postseason in 09. The Yankees don't win that. So the Yankees owe him that, that 09 season. I agree. I urge everybody to go back into our archives and listen to the Alex Rodriguez episode. I promise it's a good listen. Back to Talkman being out. Uh, this probably opens up the window a little bit for Clint Frazier. Have more of a position? You know, possibly. I mean, possibly. I, I wouldn't say that that's a guarantee. I mean, he's getting at-bats now. He has to do something with these at-bats. I mean, when the Yankees sit down and they start to, you know, look at the postseason and put that roster together, I, I don't know where Frazier fits on that. But, I mean, certainly the Yankees will need the extra outfield spot. Um, depending on when Stanton comes back, right? If Stanton, you got Stanton, you got Gardner, right? You got Judge. Um, I mean, that's that's pretty strong outfield right there. Well, Stanton doesn't come back. Which if we he do, doesn't, right. We do think he is. If he doesn't, hey. hey you're talking about if he doesn't, that Frazier gets that spot? No, we got the power bat of Brett Gardner. Right. Well, what's – how many home runs? This guy's – Oh, it's, it's, you know, I know the ball is carrying better, but, you know, it's carrying better for everybody. So, But the fact – I mean, Brett has had an amazing year. You know, for I mean, he took he took sort of take the pay cut, if you will, to come back and stay a Yankee. And, um, you know, and it started off a little slowly for him, but, but he's made so many key plays, whether he does it with his legs, he does it with his arm, he does it with his speed, he, he does it with his bat. I mean, he, he, he can beat you so many different ways, and he is as tough a competitor as, as you ever see. I mean, look at the bat episodes in, in the dugout when supporting Boone, bagging the bat on the, you know, the roof of the dugout. I mean, you know, he's one of the veteran leaders of the team. The younger players really respect him and look up to him. He's pivotal. He's he's played a huge role in the success of the Yankees this year. Huge. And it's one of those intangibles, the leadership that he offers. And it go, you mentioned Boone. It's one of those intangibles, too. It was that time in Toronto, that whole Savages thing. When they all came together, um, I think the clubhouse came together a little bit more. Oh, no doubt. I mean, no no doubt that that, uh, that Boone moment galvanized them. Um Yes, and and but but again, the people behind that was Gardner, and Gardner's Gardner's terrific. I mean, he's been here. I, I don't know how many years he's been a Yankee, but you know, from from beginning to where he is now, and I, you know, I, hopefully he plays his whole career with the Yankees, so sort of that sort of thing. Yeah, I hope so. And you know, all things considered, 
for him to have the year he had play as many games. Again, he was signed to be a fourth outfield. He wasn't signed to play regularly. I mean, that was supposed to be Hicks, Stanton, and Judge, the way that, that was supposed to shake down. It didn't shake out down like that. And now, now you've got you got Hicks, you know, injured right now, and that's a concern. Well, as we all know, right now it's all about home field advantage, right? And the Yankees are going to have a great opportunity to secure home field advantage if James Paxton keeps pitching the way he does. Right now, Paxton's the best pitcher in baseball. Right now. Right at this moment. I mean, if you go look at August, it was 6-0. and You look at the way he's pitched in September. Forget the record. Just how he's pitched. I mean, he's been unhittable. I mean, he's he's giving them shutout innings. Seven, eight shutout innings, nine shutout innings. I mean, people don't play. Starters are not that, like that right now. I can't name another starter. Some very good ones, by the way. But I can't name. Verlander has thrown a no-hitter since since we last uh, got together, right? I think Verlander right. had a no-hitter. So, I mean, look, Verlander's the dominant force in the game. He just is. But I'll tell you what, the way Paxton's pitching, you match him against Verlander, I think that would be a fascinating watch. Not a good watch, a fascinating watch. Sticking with pitching, if Seve does come back, being Seve being Luis Severino, what can Yankees fans expect out of him? I'll tell you what, if he could come back and give the Yankees five stop, solid innings with the, with the fact the Yankee bullpen is as deep as it is, that would be great. Because, you know, obviously he launches you for the five. you got the bullpen to do the rest of the job. And there's so many diverse and, and numerous arms in the bullpen. I think that would be a very interesting play for the Yankees. But they need him back. And, and you know, I mean, even Happ has been, been encouraging. Last two starts, Happ's been Hap's pretty decent. great, right? He, well, I mean, he's looked, he's looked pretty good. But, you know, Happ struggled. He struggled to locate his fastball. He's got way too many home runs. He can't. He has lost control. And once you lose control and command, you know, you pitch the roll over the place. You know, you walk people, you make mistakes over the plate, and he's been doing all that. And uh, he, but he loves his two-seam fastball. He just does. That's his pitch. But uh, and you could see the struggles that he's had. He's had struggles. And you see Sanchez behind the plate calling for a pitch, and he's being shaken. Hap shakes him off because Hap wants that fastball. It becomes predictive. You, you can't be predictive as a pitcher. You have to be creative. You have to show different sides. You have to pitch the different quadrants of the plate. And Sanchez has the right idea there. I don't. I need you need Hap to sort of buy it. But I, I don't know. Last couple of games, he's he's looked much better. The Yankees really need Hap to pitch. I mean, the postseason. This is no joke, folks. You're going to win this thing. You're going to win it with starting pitching. I never saw oh, we can win it with bullpen. Yes, the Yankees can slug their way. There's a lot of ways they could win this. But usually, it's not through slugging. It's through starting pitching traditionally that you dominate in a postseason. Well, if Hap pitches the way he has been pitching, same with Paxton, and Tanaka has. Pretty reliable, right? And then you get a little bit of a Sevy back, right? I, I'm confident heading into October. Uh, I really like this team in October. I mean, the, the to me, you know, there's only one team that is uh, is standing for formidably before them, and that's Houston, right? Well, I, if in fact, who knows? It never happened. You lose the first round. Got you want the Yankees? I mean, anything can happen. But if the Yankees, if everything goes to to par, of course, uh, you got to believe it's the Yankees, Houston. Like I said earlier, it's all about home field advantage at this point. And Flip, on our Twitter account, at Curtain Call, yes, we had a poll up. Who will have home field advantage? Do you want to take a guess who won that poll? Well, who voted? Yankee fans? <laughs> yeah. We pressed go on the poll, and I was like, this is going to be 100%. All right, I'm going to go with the, the Yankees won that. Well, yeah, shockingly, the Yankees won. Wow. 70%. Wow. I would have thought in the 80s now, and 90s. Now, who carried Florida? <laughs> That's my question. The Yankees. A lot of they Yankees did. fans in Florida. Oh, there are, especially in Tampa. I get that. I understand that. Uh, you want to jump over to some history of yes? Sure. As usual, you have no idea what I'm going to ask you. 
uh, as yes, we do this every week. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you to tell me a little bit about the history of Center Stage. I, we mm-hmm. all know how you came up with it. You wrote down on the napkin mm-hmm. during your meeting right. with George Steinbrenner. Um, right. But why Center Stage? Why that format? Because most interview shows, the guest sits down for 10 minutes, answers a couple of easy questions, and walks away. Plugs his thing and then walks away. Um, I've always believed, since I, I actually since I was a little kid, uh, I love long-form television, and I love long-form interviews. And the only p- place you could find long-form interviews when we started Yes was uh, inside the actor's studio, James Lipton. And I thought and I thought he did a really good job with long-form. They have an actor, they put him up there, they talk acting, they have, you know, students from his class, and they would, they would inter- uh, you know, intersect with each other. And um, I thought that that was an interesting show. And I said, if you did that with people, but you did it centered around some sports activities and sports questions, you know, it, it might work for us. And so I put it down as, it was just an idea. I mean, I was asked to do programming, which I, I hadn't done anything. I mean, I couldn't even program a VCR, but for those of you who don't know what a VCR is. It's yeah, like what's a, that? It's like what, what a DVR is now, except change the letters, the alphabet's oh. a little different, but it's the same functionality. And uh, so I, I found, I mean, I like that, that concept of a long form interview. And so I, I was trying to figure out who to host it. And Jack Ford was someone that really interested me. Wait, and it wasn't Michael? Right no, Michael first? was not, my, not our first choice. Oh, is that right? Mm-hmm. My first choice was Jack Ford. And I remember Michael was going to do the games. So Michael had a role. He had a key role. I wasn't really thinking of him in the auxiliary programming sense. So, uh, but Jack Ford was our original choice. But uh, uh, ABC would not let him do it. They wouldn't let him uh, share him with us. Which was unfortunate. I thought at the time Leslie Visser was someone we really oh, looked wow. at. You know, I like her. I, I know Leslie a long time. I thought she might be. A, I know she would be very good at this. So that's two. And then it was like, you know what? Why don't we give it to Michael? You know, I, I said so. Michael, Michael's our, you know, is our franchise in a booth, and Michael can do this show. And I, because I, I heard Michael do interviews, and I didn't think he was bad. I thought with the, with the right producing, I thought he could even be better. And Michael exploded. Michael exploded in that role. He defines it. So, what we couldn't get, we couldn't get Jack Ford. We couldn't get Leslie Visser. I like them both. Uh, I'll tell you, we don't, not, looking back, Michael did, has done an incredible job with that show. Yeah, I can't imagine watching that show without him. In mm-hmm. retrospect, that either. was the right choice. Right, I believe that too. I'm still wowed by that. Let's um, let's switch gears a little bit. I want to talk uh, Milwaukee Brewers, actually. Oh, you want to talk Yelich? I, I, we have to. Of course. I mean, as we stand right now, as we record, the Brewers are in a wild card position. You lose Yelich, eh? They still have a shot here. Well, sure, but but I mean, but that's a big loss. I mean, that, they, I mean, he's won an MVP. You know, it. I mean, that 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 was that was Jeter's worst move. Oh, uh, by was, far. Who'd they get back? Yelich. I don't even. Larry Moe and Curly. Well, you, why don't we Google it and find out? Because I don't know. I'll look it up while you. Uh... You know. You know, but unless they got, you know, unless they got, uh, you know, a pitcher of some major significance back, I, I bet it was for a pitcher, would be my guess. Uh, I, I, unless they did that, and whoever that is hasn't surfaced. So, you know, even if it was a minor league with, with really strong potential, it hasn't materialized for them. And, and, that, and he was under control for a couple of years, had not a lot of money. I mean, that's what doesn't make any sense there. And he's the actual player you can actually build, obviously, some, a team around. So the move was surprising in and of itself uh, by Derek, and uh, the fallout from it has been significant for it, for the for the Jeter regime, if you will, down in Miami. And I mean that I like Derek. I, I know Derek. Uh, he's a good guy, 
and he's Derek Jeter, okay? So there's a lot of equity that goes with that brand name of being Derek Jeter. But but that move was not a good move. They haven't even shown signs of recovering from that move. No, they haven't. I mean, I don't know. Who, look at all their deals. Who have they gotten back? I mean, they got some good young arms, though. Here's what they system. got back from yeah, Yelich. Yeah. Monty Harrison mm-hmm. from the Miners. Right. Lewis Brinson, Ison Diaz, and Jordan Yamamoto. I don't know who any of them are. Uh, Diaz, I know. You do? Yeah. Okay. I mean, so, I mean, they have some strong young arms. and uh, But, you know, when you make a deal like that for a player who's going to win winning an MVP and come close another time for you until he gets hurt, because he was neck and neck for the for the MVP this year. Yeah, he, he for was, sure. Him sure. and Bellinger, right? Yes. Diaz batting 162, three See, home runs. Right, so, so that's not worked. Yeah. Well, that's a tough break for them for sure. No, no doubt. No doubt. But listen. That's the game, and you can't blame them if they're playing. You have to play. I mean, they they're trying to hold on. They want they want to be in the playoffs. Obviously, that's the goal. So, and they had a good shot. I mean, now now, now chances get diminished without him for sure. Another team out of the National League, I think you have to keep an eye on. Obviously, everybody's talking about them. The Atlanta Braves. What do you think their chances are? Oh, I think their chances are significant. I mean, Acuna is Ronald Acuna Jr. is one of the best players in the game, and. Uh, Donaldson has had a monster year. I mean, a monster year from someone who is just, you know, brought in to provide some leadership and maybe, a, you know, uh, a couple of, you know, a couple of key hits. He's been, he's played, he's been just awesome. They're really a lot of young pitching. Uh, a team is well constructed. And I'll tell you what, I think they'll give the Dodgers a run for their money. Everybody say the Dodgers. I mean, I'm not so quick to anoint the Dodgers. I think the Braves might, might sneak in and win this, win the, win the National League pennant. That's what I was getting at when I said, uh, what do you think their chances are, right? Because everyone's talking about the Dodgers. If it's Dodgers or the Braves, mm-hmm. are you saying you're picking the Braves? Yes. Wow. Yes, I'm, I'm going to go Braves. I mean, momentum to me means a lot. And I must tell you, I know I know Bellinger's, Bellinger, is, uh, Bellinger and Yelich were probably, they were going back and forth on the MVP in the National League. Either one very deserving. Acuna's having a big year, too, for the Braves. I mean, there's, there's a lot of ways you could go there, but if you ask me who the front runners were, I would have for sure, for sure had, uh, and but the injury took them out. I mean, the injury really, really hurt Yelich. I mean, Yelich, Yelich was definitely in that discussion. Yelich and Bellinger, they were really the two. Now it's Bellinger's to lose, actually. Well, uh, bad news for the Dodgers because you picked the Braves. I'm going to pick the Dodgers, mm-hmm. um, and you know from my Red Sox conversation that it doesn't work well for people I pick. No, but I give you a lot of credit. I mean, because you have there's a certain conviction you have to your logic, which makes no sense. So I I find that fascinating. <laughs> uh, what do you mean it makes no sense? They won like nine no, division well, titles. Yeah, of course. I mean, I'm teasing you. If I Kershaw's mean, on. Uh, Bellinger. You know, Kershaw is just such a mystery to me in, in October. I mean, he's such a great like Maddox, great regular season pitcher. I mean. It, defy you to find better one in the regular season. The postseason just doesn't match the regular season exploits. It just doesn't. And if the Dodgers are really going to win, if they're going to win, the, he's got to step up and be the Kershaw. And every once in a while he throws a really good game in the postseason, one. You throw and go like, wow, he's teasing me. He's coming through. It's going to be a big postseason for him. And then the other stars just don't measure up. He has to find consistency in October. He hasn't found that. doesn't mean he's not going to the Hall of Fame. I mean, for sure he's going to the Hall of Fame. Well, you said, yeah, he's obviously going to the Hall of Fame. You said that um, they don't show up in October, which is true. It's been true historically. Right. I think in the past they didn't show, enough, show up in October, and it cost Don Mattingly his job, I would argue. Is that correct? And if it is correct, two-parter, does it cost Dave Roberts? Well, I mean, listen, if the, if the Dodgers get 
really deep in October, and then they're eliminated. They, so if there's anything short of a championship, I, I think you may see a lot of moves being made. I mean, I, I still believe uh, the the Mets situation, there, there are people out there that might answer the call for the Mets. I, st- I think the Cubs, if they don't, I mean, I think see them making a move too. You know, I can see the Phillies making a move. Phillies have been disappointing. I could see them making a move, particularly with their owner. I mean, the money that he's gotten, that he has. Um, there's, there's just a lot of activity potentially in that GM job and in, and and they're also in the, in the uh, manager's jobs. There really is. Well, Flip, somebody else who's down, and I know you're a Jets fan, that's why I bring this up, is Sam Darnold. He's got a case of the mono. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll tell you what, he's a terrific young talent, and the Jets made a really strong uh, pick there. And uh, he's going to serve them well. He's going to be their franchise for a long time to come. Having said that, the Jets are like the Jets. You know, that six, 16 nothing. missed an extra point. So it's 16 nothing. The fourth quarter, I mean, and they just couldn't hold it. They could not hold on. I mean, I actually sat there with uh, my youngest son, Pierce, and I said to him, I said, the Jets are going to lose this game. He said, we know that. Well, I said, yeah, they will. Yeah, they are. I mean, they just find a way. I mean, they, they, you know, the numbers the, the, was was so stacked in the Jets' favor to have that lead in the fourth quarter with how much time was on the clock. I mean, I think the odds it was like 98% of the time the team in that situation is going to win the game. Well, of course, the Jets find that 2% in which they're not going to win the game. So because they're the Jets. I mean, some teams, they're just sneak bit. I mean, I cannot, I couldn't watch that game. I just couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. By now, though, I mean, aren't you used to it? I tell you, Bell is a heck of a player. I got a chance to watch him. I mean, he hadn't played, like, we set out the season. Bell is a great player. I mean, he was catching the ball, running the ball, blocking. He was everything, everything, like he, like he hadn't, like, didn't miss a step. It was remarkable to watch him. What a talent. I'll tell you what, when they, or I should say, if they ever win, it'll be like when the Cubs win the World, won the World Series. Well, it's going to be akin to that. I mean, I, I remember as a kid watching Super Bowl three and thinking that the Jets were going to be back here like every year. Well, it's like 50 years ago. There's been 50 Super Bowls or whatever since then. And I don't see the Jets in any of them. And I tell my kids, uh, you know, they'll go to the Super Bowl when the Jets get in, and they will at some point, obviously. And hopefully it's my, it's not my lifetime, it's my kids' lifetime. I mean, come on already. I mean, you, nobody wants to be the Cubs. I mean, that's ridiculous. But can you imagine, what was it, 108 years? Who waits 108 years for anything? You know? <laughs> well, how long is the Indians are the, are the mean, next up, right? 108 years is a long time. That's like, it's not like, you know, two days free shipping. I mean, <laughs> that's 108 years is a lot of years. That's the a Jets lot of time. need to get Amazon Prime. They probably right? do. They need to do something prime. I mean, I, I, I don't know what they're doing, man. But I, but I love, I'm telling you again, I love watching Bell. There's an excitement around them. They, they blew the game. I, I would be surprised. I think the Jets is going to have a big year. I still think they're going to have a big year. Without Darnold. Well, I mean, how long is that? How long is Mono what? can stay in your system for months. Well, if that's the case, then they're not in good shape. No. I mean, it, depends, it all depends on how, when he can come back. If he comes back sooner rather than later, I still think they're going to have a big year or a good year. Because they have a lot of talent. There's a lot of talent around them. They're, and defensively, they're getting better. Maybe they could take Eli, the Jets. <laughs> you you want any part of him and his contract? Uh, uh, you know what? He, he, he's a smart pickup. There's not a lot of – I tell you, if you look at the depth in the NFL, there's not a lot of depth in quarterbacks. I mean, look who the backups are on all these teams. I mean, if, we're just, if Fitzgerald is still playing. I mean, I mean why, why Tittle should be playing? I mean, it's <laughs> – I mean, come on now. I met Y.A. Tittle. What was that like? I, I, I was probably nine. I didn't know who he was. Really? I got his autograph. Really? Yeah. I, I used to be a vendor at Yankee Stadium. And I want to say it's like 1966. I think it was 66. And it was the days that like they played 14 games. And I think they finished 1-13 that year. 
And uh, I mean, they, they lost. They, I remember them scoring 41 points against the Redskins, and they lost the game, 72-41. <laughs> Gary Gary Wood was the quarterback, and Earl Morrow had uh, Gary Wood replaced Earl Morrow, who had like broken his wrist. And Bob Shepard is the PA announcer. He announced that Earl Morrow had broken his wrist, and the crowd got up and gave him a standing ovation because it was like that mock cheer thing. <laughs> it's the Bronx cheer. The Bronx cheer, mock cheer thing that they do. I mean, it was so, it was so, I felt so badly for him. But uh, he actually had the great, he would turn out a pretty interesting career tomorrow. He really did. He actually lost Super Bowl three to the Jets. It's a lot of names I don't know right there. You don't? Well, I'm Bob just, Shepard I picked up. That's well, that's it. good. If you, you didn't get the rest of the flock, though. You just got Shepard. Yeah, that's it. Okay, that happens. So you have uh, cable vision coming. Yes, because of you know what we do. I mean, I've got satellite, I've got cable, I've got you know I have to be able to look at uh, all the platforms that are out there and see how our our product is faring on those platforms. Going back to the early days of Yes, I mean that was a they were a big holdout, and uh, when they came about, when they came around, uh, we got those four and a half million homes. I think that's when the network took off. And uh, if you want to hear interesting stories about that, David Cohn played a big part in that. He was one of our guests a few weeks back. I mm -hmm. urge you to go back and listen to that. Right. Um, he was our first guest, actually. He right? was our first guest, yeah. yeah. Just a uh, Cliff Notes version of it, Flip. What, did, uh, what role did David Cohn play? Uh, well, he, would, he sat in on the negotiations. And because he was David Cohn and the arbitrators would you know, sit and they'd see him, uh, I think having his presence mattered. Because it said this is first of all, it said how dedicated he was to the cause, uh, and that was you know, the cause of getting the Yankees on the getting him on the air with with Cablevision. If we don't make that deal, I don't know that uh, we would have stuck around for a very long time, a while at all. We needed those homes. That was just being on the air and not, I think, with those four and a half million homes. We could able to put up with it for a season, which we did. But after that, it was going to become real problematic. So I'm really happy that that deal got struck. We've never looked back on distribution since that happened. But you know, that was that was a dicey time for us. It just goes to show that David Cohn really is the ultimate team player. From that, what you just talked about to any time we in the digital department call him, he's ready to go. I know you call him quite a bit. He's always doing something for us. He's always doing. You know, he's always doing something for people. That's the thing that strikes me about David. I mean, he's as giving and as selfless an individual. That's selfless, not selfish. Selfless an individual as I've ever met. Um, he is just remarkable. When he's a friend of yours, he's a friend of yours for life. He's an amazing guy. He is. We've had, what is this, our sixth episode. We've had a ton of great guests. Mm -hmm, we, have. we don't have to name them. Everybody go back. Well, we only have five. We have five shows. <laughs> so we can name the five. But, but I want to know. Yeah. I'm going to put your feet to the fire here. Yeah. You had to name one. Wow. Just one. Who was your favorite guest? My favorite. I mean, I really liked them all for different reasons. But and I thought that uh, they all did some reveals that I thought were very, very uh, interesting. But um, I think Sterling to me, uh, you know, he's such Sterling is such a misunderstood character. Um, he's he's really a, he's got great pipes. I will tell you, he uh, he knows the game. He can be very funny and very entertaining. I know sometimes he gets caught up in his calls. Uh, which he does. I mean, sometimes he puts because he does a lot because he he wants to you know promote and underscore the calls. But if you get past that for a bit, for a little bit, let's let's put a pin in that point. He did. He's a really good broadcaster and he's a fun listen. And uh, I, I think that and the fans love him. I mean, so he's going to be a Yankee as long as he wants to be a Yankee. I mean, he's like 82 years old. You know, Sterling's like 82. You know? Yeah, I mean, it looks like he's 62. I mean, I'm trying. I'm trying to get. Well, I've already passed that. I'm just trying to get. I'm enjoying what I do. And I can relate to him on that level of, you know, you're, you. everybody says you're near the end, and, and maybe he is, and maybe I am too. 
But I must tell you, I just enjoy the experience, and I've learned to take it, live it one day at a time. You know, take it one game at a time, and just I know it's a big cliche, but I don't care. Sometimes you know, cliches are cliches, but they're true. You know, oh, it's a cliche, but you know what? Well, it happens to be true. It doesn't matter how you express it, right? So to me, that it's really true. So I, you take it a day at a time. You enjoy what you do. You, he has a passion for what he does, and that passion screams through that microphone. Every every fiber in his body screams. I really love what I'm doing, and I'm John Sterling. I love when I have the opportunity to talk to John Sterling at the stadium, um, whether it's before game, after game, in between innings. And I'm always looking at him when he's talking to me, thinking, wow, your voice really is that way. Like he, <laughs> That's how he talks. I, 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 of course he does. That's how he talks. Uh, that's baseball, Susan. Uh, of course. And my favorite part from that interview um, would be when he called me Sully. I really felt like one of his buddies. <laughs> well, you know, Sully. But that's Sterling, though. I mean, he's so entertaining. I'm sorry. Just some people, it's not, you're not reading the Bible. I mean, it's a baseball game. You know, he's talking to Yankee fans. Have some fun. People need to loosen up a little bit sometimes. I mean, they get, they, I mean, I, you know, I get it. Sterling can take some interesting roads, no doubt. But you know what? At his core, he's, he's, he's a vessel of entertainment. Appreciate it for what it is. We should have him on again. Because he owes me a home run call with my name. Absolutely. Well, we could just call him off air if you want. You want to? We should right call now? him now. If only our phones worked. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, don't, don't, you know what? I think Jason Marshall works really hard. And okay, we've done five or six shows, and this is not the first one. That's We've had some issues. But I think he's going to grow into it. I, I have a lot of respect for him. It's only one mistake. He puts all, he goes all in. He puts the chips in the middle of the table. Let's go. He's five for six. That's Hall of Fame numbers. He's five foot six. He's five four six. Oh, five no, he's not six. five foot six. Oh, he's five foot six. Oh God, I didn't know what you were saying. Those are Hall of Fame numbers. Yes, they are. Five yes, six. They, good job. You know what? He actually does a really good job, and we're just teasing him. Yeah, of course. Um, I agree. John Sterling was a great guest. Uh, coming up, though, as a reminder, we have Al Leiter and Aaron Boone. Those are going to be a lot of fun. He, Al Leiter is one of the great people in broadcasting. Uh, I really got to know him in the seven years he worked at Yes. And I must tell you, there isn't a better guy out there. And he's so giving. And he's so unselfish. And he took those qualities and he, he brought them into the booth. I mean, as a broadcaster, he was the same way. He was giving, unselfish. It wasn't about him. It was about the presentation. It was about the person next to him. How to make them look good. So and he had to learn a few things because, uh, you know, he, he just did. But, but, but as time has gone on, he's gotten better and better and better and better. He, he is a great talent and a lot of fun. He has a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to that. I'm also looking forward to Boone. But for now, what do you say, Flip? How about we land this plane? Uh, I don't mind. I don't mind landing it. No, I, no, I don't. I do. I, I'm, I'm ready. I think we should land the plane. Let's let's land it. All right, I, I, we're on our initial descent here. Okay, here comes the oxygen mess. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> let's land this thing. That's how I'm feeling right about now. <laughs> Me too. A little turbulence. Me too. But I look forward to our future shows. I, I do, and I hope. Uh, Hope our fan base does, and we thank everybody for listening, and uh, we will see you on the other side.